So if you didn't know, over the last couple of weeks, me and Jessica have been away. We've been to Tenerife. We're back. We're all sunned up. And it's nice to be back, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice to be back somewhere where I'm not going to have my skin peeling off me because I stepped outside for five seconds and Callum doesn't know how to use sun cream. So before you lay into me, I was going to use this podcast as an apology for you. But because you're giving out, I'm going to redact my apology. You can't redact an apology that you didn't give. And also, you may have given me skin cancer. So I feel like... An apology is deserved because of the amount of trauma that I may have to go through in the future. So we went to Tenerife and it was lovely. It was really warm. It wasn't too warm. It was like mid-twenties every day. Yeah, it was lovely if you could leave the building. (laughs) So we flew on a Saturday. We landed on Saturday night, so it was getting dark. So we didn't really explore anywhere Saturday. So Sunday was the first day of the holiday. And as anyone would do, you get factor 50, you lather it all over your body. But before I even start about putting the sun cream on you, when we were getting sun cream back in Ireland, she was like, oh no, I don't need factor 50. <laughs> factor 30 is fine for me. Well, I forgot about my 40 plus moles on my back, so... Anyway, me being the sensible one, bought and packed the factor 50 because I have a few scars on my back for my surgery and you wanted some factor 50 for your back. So I put it on. I thought, this is fine. I'll put it on your back. You'll be fine. But you weren't. No, we went out for about three hours and one of those hours was spent sitting in the shade and I came back and I was so red. It was like, you know, Santa Claus is red. (laughs) That was on my body, but it was all patchy. And it was just my shoulders, it was just my neck, it was just all of the places that Callum had to do sun cream. Well, I am sorry for getting you burnt, and if it's any consolation, I got burnt when we were at the water park as well, but not as bad as you. You were like a little blushed child or something. (laughs) You were barely pink. Do you know what, though? I came back and I came back into the office and people said, oh, Callum, you've got a bit of colour. That's the first time everyone said that to me, because I always just burn. Aren't you lucky? This is What Would You Do If? The podcast to answer all of your What Would You Do If? questions. Damn, Jessica, back at it again with another What Would You Do If? <laughs> what was that? Do you remember the Dan Daniel meme? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's What Would You Do If You Failed Your Exams? Which has nothing to do with memes. Or damn Daniel. Damn Daniel, back at it again with the white pants. So, Jessica, you failed your exams. What would you do? I feel like I would cry. I would go to my Nana's house. I would expect everyone to have a cake to celebrate how well I had done and then I'd have to just smash the cake and be like, I didn't do well. Oh. Yeah, I feel like everyone would have like, you know when you do your exams and people give you like good luck cards and stuff? Yeah. So my family would have had like a card saying congratulations and then I feel like they would have just thrown that out and been like, actually, never mind. It's a little bit like when you do a driving test and everyone thinks you're going to pass the driving test and they've got like, well done on passing your driving test card and then you come in the door and you're like, actually guys, I uh, I hit four old people and I failed my test. I feel like if you just hit four old people, you wouldn't be allowed to continue the <laughs> test. It'd be like, first one's knocked down, that's it, you end it. Off to prison for you. I've got this really funny image now in my head of you driving, but you knock down one old person, but then that old person falls backwards and hits another old person. <laughs> it's just like bowling pins for old people. <laughs> It's like a domino effect. (laughs) Yeah. So before you elaborate a little bit further into what you would do if you failed your exams, we come from two different schooling backgrounds. So in Ireland, we have the Leaving Cert. 
So everything basically builds up to this one set of exams. People usually have like six to seven exams. Only six exams are counted in terms of your results. So when I was doing it, it's changed now. You could get a maximum of 600 points. So your grade is awarded points and the most you could get is 600. Um, it changes depending on your grade, what level you do, if you do foundation, ordinary or higher level. But that's basically how it works and everything just relies on this one set of exams. And the Leaving Cert is taken in your last year at school, which you'll be aged 18? Some people are as young as 16, some are 18, 19, really depends. Okay, so there's no proper specific No, like I went into college and there was a 17-year-old just after starting college and I was 19 in college. So everyone was kind of a mix of ages. Um, It just depends. Like there is a year called transition year, which you can skip in school, which means some people are a bit younger doing the leaving cert. Ah. Some people are a bit older. Average age is probably about 17 and 18, though. So it seems quite free-flowing schools in Ireland. It could be a mishmash of different ages. Yeah, like you used to be able to start school when you were like three, whereas now it's typically five. So it depends. So it's sort of a little bit different back in the UK. Uh, You take three exams during your secondary school and college slash sixth form sort of years. So when you're 15 and 16, you take your GCSEs and that's equivalent to your junior cert. Mm-hmm. Then there is the AS levels, which is your first year of sixth form college. Uh, you don't have an equivalent to that. That just doesn't exist in Ireland. And then there's your A levels, which is your equivalent to your leaving cert. And basically, they're the exams that you have to take to go into university or, in Ireland's instance, college. It's so confusing. Yeah, when I saw on Twitter when I was like 15, people would be like, oh, yeah, I'm off to college. And they were like 15. And I was like, no, sorry, how are you in college right now? And then eventually I realised, oh, wait, they call it university, we just call it college. It's a little bit like the American system where you go off to university in America, but it's actually college, like Yale or Harvard or something. It's a college. I, in school, was, I never really did too well in the educational side of stuff. I was much more of a practical person. So I did a lot of computer stuff. I did a lot of drama stuff. I did food tech. It was all stuff that you could either perform or make or build yourself. Not going to lie, I was brilliant at everything in school. Of course you were. (laughs) So the only thing I was bad at was geography. And that was because I was like, I don't understand the point of this. I don't care about anything. Like we spent a good three months learning about rocks. And I just, I was useless. I would get like 20% in my tests. But everything else was like 80, 90, 100% every single time. Um, We did, our core subjects were English, Irish, math, geography and history. Mm -hmm. Then it was, you picked either two or three other subjects. So I did science and art. So your leaving cert subjects are determined by your junior cert ones. So you can't take up accounting if you didn't do business. And then there's a lot more choices. So if you did science for the junior cert, you can specialise in chemistry, biology, physics, applied physics, all these types of things for the leaving cert. That sounds logical. It does. Except some people would take up biology having not done science. And it was because they wanted to be like nurses or something or just their college said that they had to have this subject for their course. 
I suppose when you're so young, you're not really thinking about a career and then maybe a few years down the line just before you get to college and then you have to pick those subjects and think, damn, I really want to be a vet, but I have no other sort of skills behind me that I've studied beforehand. That was actually why I chose science. Ah. I was like, I might want to be a vet. And I remember when I was in sixth class, so I was like 12, the guidance counsellor of the secondary school I was going to was like, well, if you want to be a vet, you have to have science. You can't get around it. Yeah. And then I chose two science subjects for my leaving cert because I was like well what if I want to be a doctor I didn't want to be a doctor but I was like I like to have my options open you're forward planning you're a forward thinker I like that I'm just thinking about my time in school and my time in exams and as I mentioned before I wasn't the best in written stuff so in my GCSE so when I was 15, 16 I took um, media studies and a lot of that was all based on practical stuff so a lot of filming a lot of editing and you just submitted that and I got an A in that and I was like this makes an obvious choice to carry this forward from my GCSE into my A levels and then I got into my A levels and I was like right you've still got to make stuff but now you've got to write about it as well I was like Oh, no. And this is where I struggled because, again, I can put into words and speak about it, but then putting it down on paper and applying like rules and theories to it. It's like, I don't know. I just liked doing this. In GCSE, it was all practical. There was no exams, no coursework. It was just submit your work that you did. There was an exam that you had to watch a TV show and then deconstruct the TV show. And I failed that exam. So I had to retake the exam. There was nothing that I could do. It was either retake the exam or fail the whole year. So I retook the exam knowing what the exam was going to be. I sort of prepared myself a bit more and I did mock ones and I redid the previous exam and I did a few more years and I scraped through by the skin of my teeth. Obviously, I was panicked and I was worried, but people fail years in college and people retake years and that's okay. But in my mind, I was like, I don't want to be a year behind the rest of my year because I've made a load of friends. I made friends from school who have come over to this college. I've made a load of new friends and I don't want to lose those even though they'll still be around yeah that sounds like it'll be really difficult and you have to pay for the retakes as well so i remember i got the results um and it was, i think it was like 50 quid for the retake it was either 50 quid or redo the whole year and in my mind i was just like i just want to get this out of the way i took a lot of time to just study my written work a bit more and try and explain myself a lot more and just be a bit more academically sound and that still didn't work because at the end of my second year in my A-levels, I missed out on the, my top choice university that I wanted to go to. And my year when I went to university was 2011. Now, I don't know if you remember all the way back then, but this is when the government in the UK at the time decided to change the university fees. So as it stood, the university fees were £3,000 per year. And then the year after 2011, so the 2012 intake, would have to pay nine grand a year. So there was a lot more people who were taking gap years who were then applying into that 2011 course so the demand for universities was unnaturally high and the university that I wanted to go to my top university said in any other year we would have let you in with those 10 points missing but because we have to take as many people in as we can who have achieved that there's just no room for you that sounds so stressful so I remember the, the day of the results and they got text to you so they came in and it says you got this point and you miss out on your top choice university and I was gutted inside because it was my home choice university so my first preference was gone my second preference was gone you have to choose five universities and I was having a look through 
I was at home. I was wondering, what do I do? I was stressing. My mum was stressing because she was like, this was your dream university. It was Nottingham Trent University, so it was the university of my hometown. I wouldn't have to leave home or anything. But I was like, I want to go to university. I want to get this degree. I want to work in radio or the media or something. I need to go to uni to do this. So... We have this thing in the UK called clearing. And this is, it's just a phone number that you ring and you ring university saying, I got these points, will you let me in? It's mad because if you think about it, you've done seven years of secondary school and college and it all comes down to a phone call. And I rang the University of Derby with the course that I specified on my UCAS because they were my fifth choice. And they said, come on, we'll let you in. Uh... And I never looked back because after I went to that university, I went to my student radio station, I did my work experience at Castle in the UK. I got the job in the UK and then I got my job over here. And it was all because I didn't get into Nottingham Trent University. So really, it was the best thing for you. Exactly. I was always looked back at that day where I was stressing. I was pacing the back garden on the phone to the universities thinking, I've got not got a chance in hell of getting a job in media. And there you go. So that's what I would do if I failed my exams because I was in that position. And I know you mentioned that you were great in your exams. Did you ever have to come across anything like that in school? Not really. I suppose like in school I will failed a couple of tests, but they were just like normal tests and stuff like that. And um, just see how you're getting along throughout the year. When it came to my actual leaving cert exams, I was in kind of the complete opposite position of you. <laughs> So when you're picking your courses in Ireland, you do it through the CAO. Okay. And you have to list your courses in order of preference from 1 to 10, I think it is. Yeah. So when I was deciding on what courses I want to do, I wanted to do medicinal chemistry for like my entire sixth year. Yeah. And then I got to April and the exams are in June. And then my guidance counsellor was like, oh, I've set up a tour of UCD, one of the universities for you. And you can go around with one of the lecturers and they'll show you the place and you can talk about the course and everything. And it was when I was sitting in that office with that lecturer person, I was like, oh, my God, why would I want to do this when I hate chemistry? (laughs) (laughs) So everything just kind of clicked. Yeah. And this was the same week that I discovered how much I love YouTube. So I spent like the entire two weeks watching Dan is Not on Fire on YouTube and also watching Home the Way because I loved Home the Way. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to work in Australia and I'm going to be a writer on Home the Way. That's what I'm going to do. That's such a curveball. <laughs> no. You can imagine my mum must have been freaking out. <laughs> because one minute I'm like, I'm going to make medicine and like cure cancer. A very respectable career. I had like all these fellowships saved on my iPad and everything. Oh I God. had like PhDs picked out. I was like, I wasn't just going for like a BA. I knew what masters I was going to do, PhDs, everything. And then next of all, I'm like, actually, I want to move to Australia <laughs> and work with the guy who plays Casey Braxton and home the way he's really handsome I'm going to write this TV show so I was kind of like that in April I was really stressed out about the exams obviously then in May I went to see The Great Gatsby I absolutely fell in love with it so now I went you know what I'm not going to just be a writer for Home the Way I'm going to make big feature films like Baz Luhrmann's The Great Gatsby and then I was like you know what this is my way in I'm going to go into Home the Way and then I'm going to sidestep into film Very good And I'm going to be the next female Baz Luhrmann So then I was like you know what I have to pick a college course though because I need to be doing some Else with my life while I'm trying to make these big feature films. 
So then I found film and broadcasting in DIT, which is mm-hmm. what I went on to do. There was also film and Irish in Trinity. At the time I was doing community radio, I had a crush on a Irish TV presenter, O McDermott, who was on TG Cahir, which is where they talk all in Irish on the TV. Yeah. And I wanted to be a film director slash writer. So I was like, you know what? If I study film and Irish in college, then I can do the film. I can do the Irish. And I don't mean do the Irish person. I mean do, <laughs> do a, I can speak Irish. I'll just send this to Owen McDermott after the podcast just to so you can confess your love to him. Please do. Okay. And then I can also do student radio. And then I have all my options open. I'm sorted, right? Yeah. So what happened was... I put down Film and Irish for Trinity as my top choice because Trinity is like this big university, loads of societies, loads of options. Like everyone knows Trinity. It's the big fancy one. So I was like, okay, Trinity's number one, number two, DIT. After that, it was just a load of random (laughs) courses. I was like, just to have options, you know. So it was the day after you could actually make changes to the order and everything Mm -hmm. that I saw that in Film and Trinity, you don't make films. You just study them. Ah. So now I'm in the position where I have to wait two months for my results, two months to find out what course I got. And I'm like, I don't want my top choice. But the number of points you needed for my top choice last year was less than the ones for my second choice. Oh, God. And you have to take your first choice. You can't turn it down. No, it's not like the UK where, say, if you get three courses accepting you, then you can choose which one it is. Ah, That's the way you do it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just your first choice and then the rest of them are just discarded. Okay. So I was really fortunate that the points for that one surged. So in the first round, I didn't get Trinity. Yeah. I got DIT and I was like, oh, brilliant. And I accepted that. And then second round, they were like, well, do you actually want to go to Trinity? And I was like... (laughs) Oh God, Trinity's a great name though, isn't it? Mm. I could say, oh, I went to Trinity College. I wonder if anyone's ever turned them down before. Well, I did. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sometimes I like just throwing it in there. I'm like, <laughs> I went to DIT, but I turned down Trinity. <laughs> so that's what we would do if we failed our exams. What should you do? Did I do the right thing? Well, I think so, because you got there in the end. Yes. So the first thing is don't panic. Mm -hmm. So obviously you're going to be really stressed because when you're in school, all you ever know is school. When you're in school, everything you're taught about is, right, it's all leading up to these exams. So you go to another fancier school that you pay a lot of money for to get a career. It's all that. Yeah, you're not really presented with any other options as far as I know. No. Talk about it with people. There are lots of other options. Like, I don't know about in the UK, but in Ireland, there are courses called PLC courses. So they're post leaving cert and it basically means it can bridge the gap between you going from school to college and it's still considered college. But if you do this course with another 15 people, five of you will go on to go to a bigger course and go on to get your BA and everything. That's very good. I think in the UK, the, the closest that we have to that is apprenticeship. So you can leave school at 16 and not do college, but you still have to go into a workplace. And you'll work for like a really low amount of money, but you'll also get a qualification out of that, like a, a BTEC or an MVQ or something, then which will help you in, in later life to get a job. So it's more practical work, but it also keeps you learning. So like there are options out there. Um, you just need to know kind of where you want to go. If you don't know where you want to go, it's Grant. It's not the end of the world, is it? People change careers all the time. So don't worry. Don't go into something because you feel like you're pressured to do it. And sure, look it. 
if it all goes awfully, you can just go to the stables and take your horse to the old town road and ride till you can't no more. I don't think that's a legit excuse for a career. I think Billy Ray Cyrus would disagree with you. That is a great career choice. Well, you never know that in the future that choice could be introduced into universities. I have a quiz for you with some real and some fake degree qualifications and I need you to find out if they're real or fake, okay? Okay, let's go. So the first degree, is this a real or fake degree? Dairy production. Uh, That has to be real. It's not. Dairy production is not real. What? You can get a degree in agriculture, food and nutrition, which has dairy studies in, but you can't get an entire degree on dairy production. Well, did you know that Trinity College do jam making as a degree? Really? Yeah, it's like two years or something. I'd love to have a degree in jam making. I wonder if you learn how to weave the baskets that they used to have, you know, for carrying your jam jars as well. (laughs) Jam transportation. Now, that's another entire year. Yeah. Uh, Next one, yacht operations. Okay, I'm really thrown by the fact that dairy production was a no, so I want to say yes to this. Yacht operations is a course in South Devon College in the UK. It's a two-year foundational degree with an additional year to make it a BA degree, and it will teach you how to navigate and maintain a boat. Why do you need to spend that long learning about yachts? It also gives you the details on how to manage offshore expeditions. I'm really confused. Like, is this going to be loads of rich people because they're the only ones who can afford yachts? (laughs) Or is it going to be just a load of poor people? Like, yeah, I'll just get the rich people to pay me to look after their yachts. Like, who has taken this course? I've got another one for you. Is this a real or fake degree? Ethical hacking. Ethical hacking. Yes. Like, hacking into people's accounts, but, like, ethically? Yes. Uh, No. That's incorrect. Ethical hacking is a degree at the University of Abertay in Dundee. And what do they do? You can discover everything that you could ever need to know about computer hacking today, and that includes how to hack. That sounds brilliant, doesn't it? And the website that I got it from had a picture of Remy Malik on because of Mr. Robot. Oh, I need to go there, Callum. I don't think Remy Malik teaches anything because he just plays a character in the TV show, Mr. Robot. How would you know that when I've been trying to get you to watch Mr. Robot for about a year now and you just keep saying, I haven't got the time to start a new TV show. There we go. So out of the three roles that I found on the internet, only one you got correct. You're just completely ignoring my point about Mr. Robot here. Indeed. Well, I'm disappointed in myself, but also... You learned something new, jam making. I did, and I'm off to enrol in the jam making course right now, so I'm not going to be here for the future podcasts. That's fine, we didn't need you anyway. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of What Would You Do If, you can subscribe on your favourite podcasting app with new episodes every Monday. Thanks for listening to What Would You Do If.